I've titled the message today, In the Light. Everybody say, In the Light. Jamie and I, um, when we were first married, uh, we were on staff at a mega church, and they had, you know, like a lot of churches, they had had their small building, and they outgrew that, so they built a bigger one and a bigger one, and so forth and so on. So they had put an apartment on the back of the original sanctuary, and uh, it had like this walkway that uh, from the from the parking lot, and you went down in this walkway, and it was it was uh, an old nasty beat up. Uh, it was almost like being in a tunnel or something, and uh, and then you took a left turn, and there was a set of stairs, and that was our stairs and they basically they put an apartment in the attic of the church and so that was our parsonage uh, early in marriage and so the problem with this walkway was I told Jamie it had to be 100 yards and she said no it's not it's like 50 feet and so but there was this long dark alleyway hallway thing that um, that had no lights to it there was a light switch but you had to make it all the way to the top of the stairs of our apartment turn the light switch on and so if we forgot it during the day to turn it on when you came at night it'd be pitch black and so we'd lived there for about a year and uh, I thought this one particular night I was in a hurry I needed to grab something from the house and take off and so I came I came into that hallway and I threw open the door and it was pitch black and I said you know what I know what I'm doing and I just took off running through it and I'd forgotten that there was a load-bearing pole right in the middle of that hallway. And in a full-on sprint, in the dark, come on somebody, I nailed that pole. I woke up about three or four minutes later with what grandma used to call a goose egg on my forehead and, uh, and bloodshot eyes, and it wasn't because I'd been drinking, come on now, it's because I ran into a pole, all because I was walking in the darkness. Today we're going to talk about walking in the light. Are you with me? Say yes. Turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 10. We're going to read a good bit of scripture today because uh, it is uh, called church and we are celebrating his goodness. So let's learn his word. In 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5, it says it like this. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. Everybody say, God is light. You can do better than that. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. Verse 6, if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie. And we do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light. Sorry, I had a DC Talk 80s moment. We have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. And if we claim to be without sin, verse 8 says, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. As John is writing this passage, as the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to John and he's writing 1 John chapter 1, he talks about how God is light. And what he's doing is he's setting a precedence and you using an illustration that light, God in his light represents righteousness and darkness represents sin. And so for the next couple chapters, John is dealing with sin and righteousness and he's using the illustration of light and darkness. So he opens up with God is light. God is righteous. God is holy. God is magnificent. God is wonderful. But here's the problem. How do we as darkened people come into a relationship with him? And he says this, he says, but if we have fellowship with God, then we walk in the light with God. Are you with me? Say yes. So he's saying, if you walk in the light with God, then you won't live in the darkness. And that's kind of the premise of this whole first chapter. And he says it like this. He says, um, uh, in fact, John is so, um, so enamored by this, uh, this illustration that he uses it over 30 times in the books that God used him to write. And I think he had such revelation of what it is to be in the light and the difference is that Christianity is not about good or bad, but it's about walking 
walking in the light. And as I walk in the light, I do not fulfill the lustfulness of my flesh or I don't live in darkness. And that's kind of what he's after. And that's kind of what he's illustrating here. And as you continue reading and you jump down to verse 7, he says, walk in the light. Now, rabbis in Bible times use the term walk to mean that you're participating in doctrine or that you are per- you're a part of that way. And it would be kind of like if I said to you, hey, come, 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 come go with me. And I grabbed you by the hand and you followed me, you would be walking with me. And so when John is using that same concept, when he says walk in the light, come and walk in the light. And he's not just saying that we get saved and now everything is, 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 um, is over and there's nothing else. No, we have to continue to walk in the light. And when we say, you know, I walk in love. In other words, I'm taking step by step by step to love you. I'm walking in love when I don't like you right now. I am loving you by faith. I am taking steps. I am walking in love in reference to you. And that's the same illustration here. Walk in the light. In other words, you're going to have to keep stepping and keep moving because we're constantly being tempted to be pulled outside of the light into darkness. Are you with me? Say yes. And then he continues on and he even identifies it in verse 8 that we all sin. Everybody say sin. And, and, and he says, you know, you lie to yourself if you say you don't sin because we all sin. And, and, and so he's using this whole illustration about being in darkness, And I want to kind of give you some of the symptoms of being in darkness. So the best way to give you those symptoms is to experience them together. Now, some of you aren't experiencing nearly as much because you've got your little smart piece right there with your light, and you're able to look at your phone and take notes, and so you've got a little bit of light. That's right. But have you ever been in a place where it was so dark that there was no light and you couldn't see anything? Well, what happens in total darkness is the first thing that happens is that, and one of the symptoms of being in darkness is that you and I have this, oh, oh, I lost my notes. It's in the darkness. When you're in darkness, since you can't see, you use your feelings. You have to feel around because you can't see where you're going. And so when someone tells me, Pastor, I just feel this way and I just feel this way, and I say, no, but the Bible says this. Yeah, but I just feel this way and I feel that. That means that that person now is in darkness. Because when I'm trying to give you the word and to shine the light on the situation and say, no, this is the truth. And you're saying, no, 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 I can't feel it. No, no, what I feel, I'm feeling, I don't know where it's at. I don't know where God's at. I'm feeling around and trying to find my way through this darkness. Friend, that's a symptom that you're not walking in the light, that you're walking in darkness. It's a symptom. And as I speak on this today, I'm telling you, some of you are going to realize, oh, that's what's happened to me. It's not that I don't love God. See, this entire passage, the whole Bible is written to believers. It's not written to lost people. When you read the Bible, you're able to say, that's for me. It's for me. And so, listen, when you and I are walking in darkness, it doesn't mean that we're not saved and we're not going to heaven. It just means we're in darkness. And we need to get into the light. Here's a second symptom. Are you still there? Say yes. When you're, uh, when you're in darkness without even realizing it, what you do is you begin to make decisions based on fear. Think about it right now. I cannot see these steps. I'm not walking down off this stage right now. I like my ankles. I am not walking down this stage because of what? Fear. So some of you are making fear-based decisions 
and, 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 they're, and they're breaking down your family. They're breaking down your confidence. They're, you're struggling with these things. And you're making these fear-based decisions because what happened to you 20 years ago. You're making these fear-based decisions because, see, you're still in darkness over that. There's no light has come on you to be where you're at a place. You say, you know what? The Bible says. The Word says it doesn't matter what happened to me. You're still living in the fear of that. And so as a result, you cannot be confident and you can't walk uprightly. Oh, but when the light shines... You're not scared to take the next step. When, when you're walking in the light, you can run, you can jump, you can leap over a wall or run through a troop, as the, as the psalm says. But when you and I are in darkness, we have to be very cautious, so we're making cautious decisions. Oh, I can't tithe, Pastor, because I don't know how I'm going to pay the next paycheck. I get it. You're walking in darkness. No, Pastor, I, can't, I really, listen, I'll tell you, I can't forgive him. You don't know what happened. You don't know what he did. I know you're still in darkness on that. But friend, if you'll come into the light, you'll be able to look at that person in the face and say, you know what? I don't like you. I don't trust you, but I love you and I forgive you and I'm still walking uprightly before the Lord and there's nothing you can do that can hurt me or offend me because I'm dead to Christ and I'm dead to myself and alive in Christ. Friend, listen to me. Fear is the result of you being in darkness because you can't see where you're going. You don't know exactly where to grab with your next, your next move. You're intimidated to say that boldly because you don't know the ramifications of it. Why? Because you're groping around in darkness. But when you're in the light, you can say boldly, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through him. Well, I don't believe that. It don't matter. I'm in the light. I can see what you can't see. But when you're in darkness, well, there might be many ways. You know, I've got a buddy. He's a good guy, and he believes in Muhammad. He's really nice, and he is, but he's in darkness because he's not experienced light because God is light. And Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Those who come unto me will not walk in darkness. Friend, listen to me. Symptoms of darkness will cause you to move at a slower pace, it'll cause you to live in fear, will cause you to grope around living by feelings because you can't see. So you can't walk in confidence, you can't walk boldly, you can't speak on behalf of the Lord. Why? Because you're not sure where he's at. Here's a third symptom of being in darkness, and that is the simple becomes hard. Pastor, I read the Bible, it don't make no sense to me. That's because you're in darkness. I, when I pray, nothing really happens. I don't really like it. That's right, because you're in darkness. See, the simple things of Christianity, the simple things of life become so hard. I'm so depressed. I can't make a decision. That's because you're in darkness. When you're in light, you make decisions based on the Word of God. There's life there. And the simple becomes so hard when you're in darkness. Yeah, I, I, listen, many of you in this room have good, good, awesome paying jobs. I would like to have a mechanic get in total darkness and rebuild an engine. See how long it takes him. I'd like, I'd like someone in this room who works on computers to do it without any light. On the screen, just by feeling the keyboard, see how far you get. I'd like to see some of you guys who do database entry and some of you guys who do sales to do it in the dark. You don't know what that man standing across from you looks like. Try to do sales with somebody you can't see. Friend, let me tell you, simple things become not just hard, but sometimes even impossible because you're in the darkness. But when you're in the light, man, praying just works. It just works. Things just move around when you're in the light. When, when, when reading the Bible just makes sense when you're in the light. If you've got some of these symptoms, I'm challenging you today. Get in the light. Walk in the light. And here's my fourth and final symptom of walking in darkness, and that is this. You're directionless. 
You're directionless. When you're in total darkness, you don't know which way is north, south, east, and west. You have no idea. In fact, the old-time mariners, those who lived by the sea, they would be out on those oceans in pitch darkness, and they would look up in the sky, and how would they navigate where they were going? Before there was GPS, before there were charts, by the stars. A point of light. And they would say, there it is. There's the North Star. We need to head that direction. Friend, listen to me. If you don't know where you're going in life, you don't understand should you take this job or not take this job or marry this person or not marry this person, and you're so confused, you don't have direction, it's because you don't have any light. When you have light, you can know which way to go. When you walk in the light, then what happens is you have direction and know exactly which way you should and shouldn't go. Give me just so that spotlight right here. Last night, I, I did a wedding for, for new friends, uh, reestablished friends of mine, Cody and Courtney. And, uh, <clears throat> and they're getting things right with the Lord, and they asked me to do their wedding. And I normally don't have the ability to do that, but we, we go way back, and so I, I was able to pull it off. And, and so uh, and Cody, uh, he was pull, doing it all himself, you know, family and friends and everybody. He was orchestrating the whole thing for himself. And so we got to, got to that place where he had that look. Those of us that are married know it, remember the look on that day, that look of sheer panic. Like, I'm really doing this. And, uh, and I looked at him, I said, now listen, after the moms are seated, you and I are going to walk down. You just need to follow me. He's like, okay. I said, look, we're just going to go down front. You just follow me. That's all you got to do. You don't have to do nothing else. Just follow me. I'll tell you what to do. Okay, okay, okay. And as we started walking, he's kicking my heels. He's kicking my heels. And the reason why is because he was a smart man. Don't let Pastor Adam get away. Don't get distracted. I'll never make it down front. Friend, I have learned wherever God's at, I'm going to get in the middle of it. Wherever he's at, I'm going to be kicking his heels. Wherever he's going, Lord, I'm right up against you. See, I have learned that quick obedience causes me to continue in the life. When I get into disobedience, when I get into, ah, I think I want to look over here. Before I know it, I'm standing out here in the darkness, and God has moved on. Things in my life have moved on. And now I'm grappling in the dark going, God, where are you, God? Where are you, God? I can't find you. What happened to you? All because I didn't stay in step. I didn't walk in the light. And stay in step with what God was doing in my life, in the life of my church, and the life of my family. See, God gives that illustration with the children of Israel when he took them out into the wilderness. And he led them with a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. And every time they got to the place, can you imagine? You finally got your tent set up. You got the porta potty all set up. You got the running water set up. And all of a sudden the cloud starts moving. And Moses goes, we're moving with God. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. I just got set up. Oh, my God. And you know in that wilderness were bodies strewn all across that desert that died because they wouldn't keep moving with God. Friend, I want you to know, as we walk in the light, you think because you prayed for somebody last year and they got healed, that's great. That was last year. Stay in the light. You think because you graduated Bible school that something special about you? Listen, stay in the light. That light will keep moving, and you better move with it. You better move with God. Keep walking with the Lord. The older I get, the further I realize, the more I realize, excuse me, i got to walk faster to keep up with him. I mean, when I was young in Christianity, it was so easy. I just, la, 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 la. And now that I'm full on serving God with all my heart, every demon in hell hates me. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to help other people. They're dragging me back into the darkness, and I'm trying to stay in the light. Come on, come on. They're not wanting to come, and I'm trying to love them and love God. Listen, you better stay in step with the Spirit of the Lord. 
Stay in step. Stay in the light. As you and I stay in the light, say, Lord, I love you so much. I want to give you three things that you can do to stay in this light. It's going to be hard for you to write them down in the darkness, but you'll get through it. Number one, according to what we just read, and that is to confess our sins. Confess our sins. When you and I admit that we don't have it all together, do you want to know how liberating that is? How cleansing and transforming that is? Do you know why people don't want to be in the light? Because they don't want to be exposed. Because that's what light does. Light shows your weaknesses, your blemishes. Oh, man, when we went to HD cameras, it was amazing how many of the news people, you know, the newscasters went and got facelifts. It was unbelievable. You're like, oh, my God, they saw themselves on HD. They're like, oh, I'm going to have that surgery tomorrow. They're shooting collagen in their lips in the bathroom. They're like, (laughs) why? Because all your blemishes come out. Can I tell you something? Blemishes are beautiful in the presence of the Lord. The reason why I'm so passionate about small groups, because that passage says, if we walk in the light, we have fellowship with one another. See, if we'll get in the light, as the other brothers and sisters are in the light, what that does is I get to see their weaknesses, they get to see my weaknesses. We embrace each other, and God embraces us. He wants his light to shine forth, because his light shines forth, we're able to see who we truly are. And if we'll confess our sins, God, I'm sorry, I blew it in this. Lord, I'm just so weak in this area. He says, I smile down on that, and I have grace and mercy on that, and I can minister to you in that. But when you and I stand on the edge and say, I don't really want anybody to see, I want to have a little bit of Jesus Sunday, I'll have the rest of the time with my friends. And I'll have a little bit of Jesus, the light, I love you, Lord. And I'll come out here and I'll live the way I want to. Friend, what that does is causes you to be in such darkness that you don't have direction. You're groping around with your feelings. You don't know where God's at. You have no clarity of what God says in his word. And so when someone starts saying, well, you know, Jesus and Satan were brothers. Really? That's amazing. I didn't really know that. Because you're not in the light to know truth. But when you walk in the light, then what happens is you begin to be with God And the body of believers come together and we expose ourselves one to another, confessing our sins, and God has miracles in the midst of that. Let me show you how that looks. Give me a little bit more stage light so I can show them this. So when we confess, I want you to picture, I kind of picture these two jars right here. These two jars, it's kind of uh, this being my life as I become a Christian and I love the Lord and everything's new. And this being Jesus and the power of his blood, according to what we read in that first John, somewhere around the verse seven and eight in that area, it says that his blood cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And it says, if we say we have not sinned, we lie. Friend, we all sin. Somebody say amen. This wasn't talking to new Christians. This was talking to believers. And when you and I sin, what happens is that sin gets in our life. And at first, you know, we don't realize it. We just become bitter. We didn't know we were bitter. We started just thinking, you know, what they did was wrong. And every time their name comes up, we start talking bad about them. But we don't realize that that sin, that darkness has started down inside of us. It started at top, but look, it's trying to get all the way down. See, what I've learned about bitterness, it's it's not happy to just make me bitter. It also wants to turn me into a pervert. See, what I've learned about sin and darkness, once it gets in me, it's not satisfied with one area of my life. It wants to take over every area of my life. And before you know it, it just starts, it just starts getting down in you in a way that you, you don't even realize. Now, now you don't smile at people anymore. Why? Because you have no joy because it's been stolen because of what happened to you at work last year. I was meeting with a man of God a year ago, and he told me the same story. We met five times. He told me the same story five times about the last church that did him dirty. I couldn't help him one bit because every time I go to tell him something, he says, yep, and he would quote more scripture to me than, than any person I've ever sat with. I mean, he could quote scripture left and right. 
But boy, this church did him dirty, and he felt like this pastor did him dirty, and that's all he could talk about. And after about the fourth or fifth meeting, I just said, hey, listen, when are you going to get free from your bitterness? (gasps) I'm not bitter. I said, won't you step into the light? Let's look at that. You are bitter. No, I'm not. Yes, you are, because every time we have a conversation, you keep bringing that same person's name up. And what they did. Forgiveness means I cover over that thing, and I go on with my life. And so what happens is what was beautiful and what, what was radiating the glory of the Lord in our lives has now become muddied and polluted. And now, now, now we're struggling because there's darkness inside of us. And, and yes, there's light still. There's pieces of, of goodness and God inside of us and his nature and care. But it's being overwhelmed by that darkness. And what the Bible says is if we will confess, oh God, have mercy on me. Oh God, do a work in me. God, I recognize that I'm bitter. I recognize, oh God, there's still perversion in me. I recognize, oh God, and I confess it to you that I'm scared to death to serve you wholeheartedly. I'm scared of blowing it, oh God. When we do that, that's taking the very power and blood of Jesus and pouring that over and into all that we are, into our being. And what happens is that blood purifies us from all unrighteousness. And it begins to look, at first, you know, it's still got a little residue of it. You still got the marks of it. Still got a little bit. But what happens is, all of a sudden, the blood of Jesus in that confession washes over us. In that confession, as we come into the light and say, you know what? You're right, God. I'm still just a jerk. You're right, God. I'm still selfish and full of selfish ambition. When we come to that place that we confess that and admit that to the Lord, he begins to pour in his love and his grace and his mercy. And look what it does. It changes us into his image. That's why this passage says you're a liar if you think there's no sin in you. And you're calling God a liar. And that's what he's saying. See, each and every one of us need to wake up every day and say, oh God, I confess. I'm weak in this thing. I really, really am. I'm constantly doing my best to try to expose myself. God, look, it's gross. I don't want everybody to see it. Oh God, And I think, friend, when you and I do that and we walk in the light like that, what happens is his grace and his mercy is so poured out on us and we are able to be the men and women of God we cry out to be. Here's the second way that you and I can walk in the light. Number one was we need to confess. Number two, you still there? Say yes. All right, good, because I got to move fast. Number two, we need to, you, you need to pick your fellowship. Let me explain what pick your fellowship means. Second Corinthians chapter six. Verse 14, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what does righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? This passage didn't say we shouldn't have friends that aren't Christians. It just simply says we're just not supposed to be yoked together in fellowship with folks who don't, who don't walk in the light. I have plenty of people that I love and reach out to. But they, but they don't, we're not connected. We're, we're not cross-pollinating. See, some, you, you, when I was a kid, I, I told the first service this, when I was a kid, I, there was this one friend that when I went down to his house and played all day long, I'd come back, you know, and, and I'll never forget, my mom would always, she'd say, you've been out with Anthony, hadn't you? You've been playing with Anthony. I was like, well, yeah, how do you know? Uh, because you got an attitude, and Anthony's mom and dad may let him do that, but you're not going to do that in my house. Now go sit your butt down, and let me go ahead and get a hold of the, let me find that paddle. Because we're not going to do that in my house. That little attitude that, you, that you're empowered to rule this place, you don't rule this place. But after hanging out with Anthony, I started taking on that nature. See, if, if you hang out with perverts, eventually you're going to be a pervert. I'm just telling you. If you hang out with people who have no faith in God and don't believe he's real, you're eventually not going to believe he's real. If you go out and marry an atheist, you're going to end up an atheist. 
I'm just telling you. And that's what the Bible says. It says, listen, what are you doing being yoked? We should not yoke together and, and, and fellowship with unbelievers. Friend, if you're wondering why you're walking in darkness, look who you're walking with. Maybe all of you guys have gotten yourself all in a circle huddled over here in the dark talking about how dark it is and how life is so bad. What you ought to do is say, nah, I'm getting out of that. I'm getting over here in this light. Y'all go ahead. Love you. But there's some folks over here that are confessing their sins. They're being honest and real and sincere, and they're not perfect either, but they're in the light, and I want to be in the light. You keep staying out there, and you keep complaining, and you keep jumping back and forth. No wonder you're frustrated. Because you have a little bit of exposure, a little bit of opportunity. It's so beautiful, so warm, so man, man, I can see everything so clearly. And you have these moments in your life where you're so clear, and it means so much, and God makes so much sense. And then you have these moments where you're so confused. Why? Because you've stepped into darkness. Just turn and step back into light. And the first way you do that, confess. Second way, check who you fellowship with. Third way, here we go, number three. Number three, and that is love his word. Love his word. Look what Psalms 119, 105 says. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I'm not talking about read his word. I'm talking about love his word. If you'll fall in love with something, you'll treat it with respect, and before you know it, you'll, you'll consume it. Nobody in this room who loves, who loves pizza has to be begged to eat some. Come on, you know you want this. You want it. It's good. Come on, you can eat it. Tell it to child of peace. Come on, you child of peace. You like it? Try this, try this little piece. Those of you that love pizza, you're like, is that pizza? Is it free? It's $5? Hold up. I'm going to find $5. I'm going to give me some $5. I'll be right back. That's why I said you got to love his word. Listen, listen. when you're in darkness, the word makes no sense to you. You read it, it's like... You'll get up in the light and say, God, I'm just here. I don't even like your Bible, but I'm getting up and I'm being honest about that. I'm, I'm confessing that. All of a sudden, light... You'll start reading through something. You know, I just suggest you don't start with Leviticus. But you start reading something, and <laughs> our numbers, and so-and-so we got, so-and-so we got. I guess I'm supposed to go have kids. I don't know. <laughs> supposed to be begotten, I guess. But you get out in that light, and all of a sudden that word will start coming alive to you. And, you start, and, 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 and again, David said it like this. He said, your light, your, your word is a light to my feet. <laughs> Those of us that have been out in the country, get out in those woods in the middle of the night without a flashlight and there's critters all over them grounds huh little things that go slither in the night no sir give me a flashlight you know we're full of slithery things in our life and if you don't have the light of God the word of God shining forth you don't know it's slithering around your ankles and trying to kill you you don't even know what's attacking you because you don't have the light of God the word of God is what helps me know that's right that's wrong it's his word that, that sustains me and leads me in this path. I've made decisions in my life. I could have been somewhere else doing something else, but I made decisions because of the word of God. The word of God says if you'll submit yourself to him, he'll lift you up. The word of God says, uh, blessed are those who have given up houses and homes for my namesake. Will they not only receive a reward in the life to come, but also in this life? So it was easy for me to give things away. I'd give it away. God said his word, I'll do that. He'll bless me. It was easy for me when he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be taken care of. Oh, okay, good. I don't have to worry about, I don't have to worry about industry and jobs. I just seek first his kingdom. He'll put me in houses and give me cars. That'd be great. He'll take care of that. It's been easy. Why? Because his word, shine forth light. Are you with me today? Say yes. Turn to the person next to you and say, walk in the light. Stand with me all across the room.